Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Balls. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about the Rangers. You know, we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. Hello, everybody, and welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington. Sitting across from me right now is the one and only Evan Grant. Hi, Evan. How are you? Okay. I like that. That is classic Evan. More often than not, when you ask how Evan is doing, you get that long sigh before you get a reply. Learned that from my mom. Did you really? That's a good thing to take away from your mom. Yeah, if there's... Let's find a good characteristic from your mom to, to, to take away from. Or as when I told my mother that we were moving into a new house, her response was, so that means you won't be able to see me as often. <laughs> People wonder why I'm such a disturbed human being. Oh, now. Mom is great. She's great. Evan. Uh, Mama's all right. Daddy's all right. Is that right? They just seem a little strange. Yeah. That's cheap trick song, Kevin. Cheap trick. Yeah, you know, I'm not a cheap trick kind of guy. Yeah, you like Steely Dan. Yeah, well, sure. I like a lot of people, but I don't like uh, I don't like cheap trick that much. Uh, I don't like it's a, it's this gimmick stuff. You know the the, the whole name. You know what was trick. the most controversial Rangers discussion of the weekend? <laughs> what was that? Was that in New York, Stephen Stevenson of yeah. the uh, Fort Worth Star Telegram? Yes. Um, who had apparently left Cowboys camp. Flown to Seattle, gone to a Pearl Jam show, My flew back to Dallas on a red eye, then changed planes and flew to New York and uh, covered the game that night. Um, posited that Pearl Jam is one of the three greatest American rock bands of all time. Well, I don't know about that. Eddie Vedder was pretty good. Uh, is pretty good. But yeah, he's uh, not dead. He's no, not but, one of the dead. Well, ones. I mean, you know, when in his prime is what I meant. I don't think they're one of the three best American rock bands. No, no. I mean, I, 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 it would be hard for me to see how you could displace Bruce Springsteen, yeah. Tom Petty, yeah. and the Eagles. Oh, I don't. I wouldn't put the Eagles that high. Oh, now you know what? That's because you're a Cowboys. Fan. No, I. You know what? I had this this conversation with my youngest son. I was trying to explain to him the difference between the Eagles, pre Joe Walsh and post Joe Walsh. Two different bands, essentially. You know, the first one, the Cosmic Cowboys. The second one, the one that that vaulted them to superstardom. And and I told him, you know, and me, I kind of I kind of prefer the pre Joe Walsh Eagles myself. Um, some of the stuff after that got a little silly. Uh, but, uh, you know, the Doobie Brothers are a much bigger band than, uh, than the Eagles. No. Oh, yeah. No, they oh, are. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I can't even look at you with a straight <laughs> face. The, you, you do not think the Doobie Brothers are bigger than the Eagles? Never. Never? Never. The no. Eagles are still playing stadium shows, for crying out loud. It's not even the Eagles. Well, I mean, one of them's dead. <laughs> yeah. A but what band doesn't have a dead guy these <laughs> well, days? Well, that's true. That's true. You know, I, I, I'm going to say, uh, it, I'll take another brother's band over the Eagles. I'll take the Allman Brothers over. You know, the Allman Brothers is a is a band that got, I, I, I posted this on, on Twitter, and the Allmans got a, uh, speaking of, people with a lot of dead people yeah um they got a lot of uh they got a lot of of uh, mentions um, i don't think there's any brothers left are they no that well i think greg just died greg just died um but Dwayne the two almonds are, are dead but uh some of the i think like dickie Betts is still alive 
Um, and uh, some of those guys, didn't they kind of bleed over? Some of them bled over into Skinner and some of them. Dickie Betts had a multifaceted career. I'm not sure who all he we, I, I actually for. looked this up the other day. I, I don't know why because I have too much time on my hands. Um, Dickie Betts is still alive. Yeah, I knew that. And he is, uh, he was an almond. Uh, he was an almond. <laughs> it was not a soy. He, he was, was an, an almond. almond. He was an almond joy. Um, he was not a Mounds bar. The, uh, I think, is Barry Oakley, Barry Oakley dead? Don't know Barry. Uh, Butch Trucks just died. That's Derek Trucks' grandfather. That's a, and, uh. I don't even know Jay Johansson. Are you just making up stuff? Now? No, that that was the Allman Brothers. Anyway, um, so now to more contemporary topics. Yeah, that's not very contemporary. No. Uh, uh, I had R.E.M. I would put R.E.M. up there. Oh, no. Well. That's not an American band, is it? Are those guys American? Yeah, they're from Athens. Are they Not really? Greece, Georgia. Oh, well, that's why you like them. They're from Georgia. Uh, that, that whiny, uh, I can't take it. Uh can't take it. No. All right, old man. Okay, what would you like to talk I like, about? I, you know, I have to say, I just like a more melodic kind of stuff. You know, and, and since since Mar- more moronic kind of stuff, melodic. Oh. My, my, since uh, since you know, marrying my lovely wife, who was big into into R and B, I'm I'm much more into R and B these days now than I ever was before. Well, that's okay. Yeah, There's sure. Nothing wrong with that. Well, sure, you bet it is. You know, but anyway, older R and B. And speaking of which, Aretha Franklin apparently is on her deathbed, and that's very sad. Yes. Very sad. All right, so moving on from music news, uh, on to uh, baseball uh, with the Texas Rangers, a team that is just killing it. How many games do the Rangers have left now? 41. 41 games. What do you think are the prospects that this team could go 500 the rest of the way? Zero. Zero, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you, what, in 41 games, what, what do you predict their record will be? Uh, let's say I'm going to say that over the final 41 games, they will go 15 and 26. Really? Yeah. You know, the Rangers have a lot of games left against the teams that are all dueling for the American League uh, West. Um, and they've got more games to play in California, uh, more games to play on the Pacific time zone than they do in Texas. As you pointed out, I believe that that all the rest of their games are either in Texas or California, right? Or or Arizona. No, no, no. uh, Every game between now and the last four games of the season is either in Texas or California. Then the last four games are in Seattle. So everything's in Texas or the central or the uh, Pacific time zone. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I just look at the Rangers and. You know they they've got that they've got three at the at the athletics uh, coming up. They've got uh, they've got uh, they've got six games left with the A's. They've got uh, seven with the Mariners. Um, they got two with the Dodgers. Uh, you know there are some there are some bad teams still on the schedule. They've got they've got three with the Twins. They've got three with the the Rays are not playing poorly. The Padres are playing badly, but those games are on the roads. I I, I just I I think that the lack of pitching um, is going to become that much more evident as as they play games uh, against some teams that still feel like they're fighting for something. Uh, and uh, I just I, I I think it's this team playing 500 the rest of the way, uh, even if they did. Okay, it's still a 73 and 89 team. That's what I was going to ask yeah. you to do the math here. So if if they, I, I, this team's losing 90 games this year, yeah. 
which I think before the season started, uh, did we did 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 I say seventy eight wins? Does that sound familiar? I know that's what I had. That's what I had on the schedule prediction was seventy eight and eighty four. Yeah. Um, and I look if they if they lose eighty eight, if they lose ninety, it's, it's the same. It's basically the same thing. Yeah. But uh, this team was dead dead in the water in the first month. Yes, but it's not a horrific. It's not a hundred loss season, which is the kind of thing that makes you know people quake and and do things like uh, very drastic things at that point. No, it's not a hundred loss season, and I think you can look at this team and you can look at uh, as we talked a little bit about last week. You know, you can you can basically go around the diamond. You can look at Guzman, who's made a favorable impression um, as a guy who we didn't even know if he'd get called up this year. Yeah. Um, Rui Odor has turned his career around. Yeah. Um, he's fifth in the American League, fifth in the majors. Since that benching in Kansas City, he's fifth in the majors in OPS. That's, that that pretty much is astounding to me. Uh, Elvis is once again healthy and hitting the ball with some authority. Um, we'll get to Beltre at a later point in time. Yeah, but that's, that's not going well. Jerickson Profar has reestablished himself. Uh, I think Gallo has kind of come around a little bit here in the second half. A little bit. Um, the, the big, the, the big, the guys who have been disappointing are Delino to shields on offense. Right. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I still think I, I, you look at this team and I still wonder, like, is Willie Calhoun a left fielder? If he's not the left fielder, who's the left fielder? What is the left field situation going forward for this team? Um, What's Mazar right? is going to come back and you can move Joey back to left field. But I still think that at some point in time here, the Rangers are going to have to entertain the possibility of trading no more Mazzara in the offseason to continue to restock this rebuild. Yeah, I could certainly see that. You know, what I see on this team, um, let's, let's talk about the, the, the top end of this. And let's go back to this old thing that, that you asked us, I believe you asked us, me and Eric Nadell, if you could start a team with one of the guys that was on the roster – and and uh, and I think uh, I I took Rugi and Eric took uh, Nomar and and I you know that was before Rugi went south um, and then I said okay I guess Nomar was the right pick here and now once again it looks to me like Rugi's the right pick because of the position uh, he plays because he's playing it so well and because he right now he looks like the total package uh now this it's just a two month period and we'll right. see what happens going forward you know he's certainly had his peaks and valleys uh i think the th- from a manager's perspective the thing about no more you like is the consistency um but pretty, i think pretty consistent now, I, he, he's been pretty consistent pretty but i think you'd like to see a little bit um, higher floor and a higher ceiling you'd like that to move up a little bit i think he to me he you know and I don't have to go back and look at his numbers. He just feels streaky to me. I, I think there are times when he's really on and he's really good. I mean, he ends up with the same numbers uh, every year, which is good, obviously. But there's not, you know, for for all the Bill James talk about the next Miguel Cabrera, I, I don't see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I see a, a guy who, you know, it's funny what uh, – what, uh, But remember, what, I mean, remember, just – He's young, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. still, I mean, the guy is twenty three. I'm not giving up. I wouldn't give up on the guy. You know, it's just like Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo doesn't show near the potential right now that that Nomar Mazzara does, and I'm I'm not ready to give up on him either. But it, to to me, it seems a little bit like Ronald Guzman is uh, developing into uh, Nomar Mazzara, doesn't it? 
What are you doing there? I'm filming you. I'm going to put this on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, do that. Yeah. It'll be good stuff. Um, I, I Ronald Guzman has been a really big development and a big surprise this year for me. Um, but you, you didn't answer my question. Do you do you think that he is uh, basically Nomar Mazzara playing first base and playing it very well? He's the not, same, he's not the same yet. kind of hitter. I, I, I mean, I will say this. You know, uh, Guzman has shown more power than we expected. Yeah, um, he's been a he's been a better defender at his position than Mazzara has been at his position. Right. Um, the thing that I like about Guzman, but he is, also hits the opposite field like yeah. Mazzara does. The thing that I like about Guzman is I feel like you know you talk about streakiness. I feel like it's more palpable with Guzman that you can see. Okay, here's a guy, and he's making an adjustment mm-hmm. and something's something he's fixed. He has figured something out, fixed something that guys were doing to him. And it may be a two week span that he goes through something of a, of a, of a lull with Mazzara that rookie year. I felt like there were longer periods where he was just barely kind of like holding himself above water. Um, so for, for me, what I've seen from Guzman is I've seen a more, now, granted, Guzman is twenty is going to be twenty four in October, mm-hmm. and Mazzara was twenty when he came up. So, right. comparing rookie season to rookie season is a little bit difficult. Right. But I feel like right now that as a rookie, Ronald's a little bit more able to identify and make adjustments um, on the fly inside the season than I felt like Nomar was. Yeah. Um. He's. The other part about Ronald's season that's a little bit difficult to kind of you know grasp is like he had that three home run game at Yankee Stadium on Sunday right. on, on Friday, um, and he had a three hit game the, the 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 game before against Seattle, but then if you take those two games out, there's these long stretches where he's just he's not the OPS isn't very high, the slug is not very high, um, and so you wonder like okay. Does he make this like real quick two game jump back to uh, to respectability in in terms of numbers, and then does he slowly leak back out? I, I don't know. I will I will say that from what my eyes see, when you factor in the defense, when you factor in what I feel like is a pretty intelligent approach at the plate, uh, I think he's had in my mind certainly the equivalent of what Mazzara had as a as a rookie in terms of hitting ability. Yeah. And I'll just say this. Mazzara's rookie season, he hit 266 with a 320, uh, 419, 739. Um, granted, there is a ways to go here in the season, but Guzman is at 246, so he's hitting a little bit lower. Exact same OBP, 320. Slug is a little bit higher at 447, and it's pushed the OPS higher than where Mazzara was. So that it, it's, I, it, I think the only thing I can say on Ronald Guzman is you take the body of work overall this year, and I think it has been a positive in the ledger of things that have developed for the Rangers this year. Well, sure it is. Uh, that's the thing here, what we're seeing here in the second half especially, is that these young position players? Most of them have made gains, uh, and 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 you know, and you mentioned Willie Calhoun. Listen, now he made an error on the ball. He came in and and went under his glove, and that was not good. 
but for the most part, he's looked good in left field. I, I'm su- surprisingly good. I, I, he played uh, in a game at uh, Houston where it has you know next to the Crawford boxes, you know that that there, it, the it goes jut out, the know. jut out back out there, and it goes. And he negotiated. He ran to that spot and turned around and waited for the ball to come down. Now that was to me. Really showing something there uh, that he has worked hard, you know, because you and I talked about that when I was out there the, last week, and he was out there. You know, it wasn't real early, but he was out there working, you know, and then that was good. And, I, I, and, and of course, even before that, Rugi was out working with with Beasley too, and and so they, we're seeing these guys working hard and doing the things they need to do, and you can say, well, this is what they should have done all along, and that's true, uh, but at least they they're making gains here. My problem is uh, with this club is where it started before the season ever started. Is that we've seen nothing from the young pitchers on in the rotation. We never seen we not seen any real young pitchers in the rotation, and the old guys they got uh, have all. Bartolo Colon has continued to plug along and been a serviceable uh, starter, but he was like a last minute guy who was just kind of jammed into the rotation at the last minute. He was wasn't not supposed really, to make the team. Then yeah. he was supposed to make one start. Here it is, Bartolo Colon past his 45th birthday, is leading this team in innings pitched. And I I anticipate that when the season is over, he will lead the team in innings pitched with about 150, 160 maybe. Yeah, which um, is just phenomenal that that happened. And that's a great story. I mean, he's been fun and all of that. Uh, and they, they didn't have any other choices. No, the, mo- the, the most positive developments on the pitching side are that the minor sign looks like it was a legitimate sign. Yes. Um, and – that there has been significant improvement, um, particularly uh, well, Jose Jose Leclerc has made huge strides. Hey, I'm not talking about the bullpen, though. right? But we're talking about starting pitching, and we knew going into the season that starting pitching was going to be an issue. We knew uh, early on into the season that starting pitching in the future was going to be an issue. Um, I think the Rangers have done all that they could this year to address it by adding seven pitchers and potentially more in trade deadline deals. Um, and I think that if I'm the Texas Rangers this offseason, my approach is I'm looking at all starting pitching prospects under the age of 30 who get non-tendered, and I'm going after them, particularly Sonny Gray. Um, had a really good year for the New York. He's not had a good year at all for New York. I think he's a prime candidate that if he gets out of New York, he, he, he may see some some difference. Um, but uh, the Rangers have to think in the in the short term while they continue to build the the, the minor league foundation. I want to talk about my minor league story in a minute. But as they try and build the minor league foundation from the ground up, they can't like I. There's no use for me next year in Bartolo coming back here on a one year contract. There's no use no. for me in Giovanni Gallardo coming back here on a one year contract. I want somebody that. I'm either going to be able to trade, potentially. Um, well, let me cut you off right there. Okay. Because you've been talking for like 20 minutes. Uh, and that's that's my issue with this, with the pitching. How many of these guys that they acquired, they signed? I'm not talking about Cole Hamels, who was already here and the plan was already to, to trade him all along. How many of them that they rec- they acquired were they able to turn at the trade deadline? None, 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 zero. None. And I, but I think there was in, there was interest in minor. Now the Rangers, to the Rangers' credit, I think they also looked at it this way: well, you no want reason. minor right now, you're going to have to pay a premium. Yeah, and I, clubs weren't willing to do that. I think in large part because there was question like, is he about to reach his innings limit? 
Um, how will he do if we move him back to the bullpen in the middle of the season? But I think Miner has long-term value. No, no question about that. But here's Moore and Fister were, you know, they were crapshoots, and they've they've given them nothing. And they've There's crapped no out. Uh, yeah. So so here's my point. Lance Lynn, who was signed by the Twins, mm-hmm. didn't have a great didn't have a great first half. Not with the Twins at all. No. No. But he got dealt to the Yankees mm-hmm. anyway, right? And that was that was my point earlier when Alex Cobb and Lance Lynn came along. Here, he signed one of these guys, and it's the same thing, right? And so, what did the Twins do? Things didn't work out for them. They signed a guy with a uh, with a more more upside, and they were able to turn him at the trade deadline. I don't think they got a great return on that deal, but they got something, and they got out from under the contract as well. So, to me, that was my issue with with uh, with John Daniels' approach then, and it's my issue now. Is that you you simply cannot bring in guys. You know he didn't bring in uh, Bartolo, as we said. That was kind of like a last minute thing that just happened. That's not who he went into to uh, spring training with. Sonny Gray at least is somebody with some upside. Mm-hmm. If they were able to get a Sonny Gray, then I'm all for that that, that kind of thing. Uh, you're you're gambling on a guy who at least has something left and who might be attractive to somebody if if you have mm-hmm. the same situation again. So uh, let me just I mean. Let's let's go back to one thing. Um, Matt Moore was the Rangers' version of Lance Lynn. Okay. Oh, now that's not fair to uh, Lance Lynn. No, I mean he was their version of Lance Lynn. He was their gamble. Um, he's, well, the Rangers had several. They had Doug Fister as a, was a gamble. Doug Fister was not a game. Doug Fister was. Oh, you're talking about the money they game. gave him. I, I'm just talking about that he was their gamble. That either he'd resurrect his career. Uh, and be a, a valuable trade commodity at the deadline, or that uh, you know they'd crap out with them, and they they crapped out. Lance Lynn, I mean, Lance Lynn was better than than Matt Moore last year. Last year for sure. Yeah, last year for sure. There's there's well, no doubt. Last thought, year Matt Moore was the worst starting pitcher in baseball. Well, that's the whole point. Is but that, is that you they were taking the, the Twins were taking a much more educated guess on Lance Lynn than the Rangers were taking on Matt Moore. I mean. To think that Matt Moore was going to bounce back and be something at this point after being terrible last year and not really very good for the last several years. Oh, that, I think that's unfair. <laughs> first of all, first of all, in 2016, Lance Lynn didn't pitch. Okay, he missed yeah. the entire season. Matt Moore was 13 and 12 with a three with a three ERA. With in an ERA in the threes, yeah. Um, I thought that was in 15. All right, all right, okay, all right. I'll, I'll give you that. That's you're right. That's not fair to say that. But last year. Last year he was bad. He was bad. But the, th- the again, the thing is, if you if I told you that, uh, I hate doing this, but what are you going to do? You're going to stab me or something? No, I'm trying to look up stats in the middle of talking. You know, Matt Moore is uh, he's two years younger than Lance Lynn. He's got less major league innings on him than Lance Lynn. He's left-handed. Um, he's had a better uh, a a better best performance than Lance Lynn did. Um, this is a guy who won 17 games with a 3-3 three, 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 three ERA. Yeah, but we can go back and find pitchers all over the place who say that about. I, did, I, I, I thought that Matt Moore, given where he was in 2016, um, and, and given that he, he, had, you know, he was still kind of on the comeback from, from his Tommy John issues, I thought it was a calculated gamble. And... Uh, what did what did the twins sign Lance Lynn for? 
I don't know. I think it was a two-year deal, wasn't it? Uh, let's see. That's good. So while you're looking that up, uh, let me while you're looking that up, I'll go ahead and comment on the on the bullpen situation with Jose Leclerc. That was a uh, Lance Lynn was a one year deal, twelve million dollars. So they they spent three million dollars more than the Rangers were spending for more. Yeah, Um, they're no longer spending that money. They're no. I I don't know how much money. um, Did they contribute money to that deal? I don't think so. Okay, I did not hear that anyway. I did not read that. the the point is is that they got something back for him. Yes, you know it may not have been great, but they got something. They're not getting anything from Matt Moore. Correct. I just felt like that on uh, I, I did I was not optimistic about the Matt Moore signing going into you know and who knows what happens and sometimes you're right sometimes you're wrong and that's just a fifty fifty you know proposition on that. But uh, I I did not feel like he it was an upper end. You know the the feeling was that Lance Lynn and Alex Cobb were that next tier of, of pitchers available after Jake Arrieta. And I'm trying to think of who else was available. And I'm not saying they Lance should. Lance Lynn and, and Alex Cobb. Yes. That, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. That was the that was the next tier. Yeah. So they were the next tier. They were, and Alex Cobb. You want to talk about Alex Cobb? Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about Alex Cobb. Didn't go well. No. No. Not go. at all. It didn't go well. And, and, of course, this is the problem with uh, – this is just the problem with pitching in general. But let me ask you this. Let's talk about for the rest of this season. What are they going to do? And Alex Cobb signed a four-year, $57 million deal. That was too much. What are the Rangers going to do the rest of this year? Are they going to give innings to some of their young pitchers in the rotation? Well, I mean, they're starting to do it with Ariel Harada, um, who was not great against the Yankees no. in New York, but I didn't expect him to be. Um, I think you're going to see Johan Mendez pitch in September, and that's about it, man. So we're they're, not going to see Taylor Hearn? I I would I'd be really I I would be disappointed if they called up Taylor Hearn. Disappointed. And here's why. Um you just acquired Taylor Hearn. Uh his numbers in his first start were very good. What were his what were those numbers in his second start? I did not see. Listen, here here's the deal. Taylor Taylor Hearn is 23. Mm-hmm. He's about to turn he's going to turn 24 at the end of this month. Um this was his first year at Double A. He's okay. an all-star. Started the all-star game. He's made 21 starts at double-A. Mm-hmm. Why are you pushing him to the big leagues? Yeah. Why? Oh, I'm not, I'm what, not. What, would, what would be the purpose of putting – so you can say that you got a young pitcher that pitched in the big leagues out of this deal? No, I'd like to see what he could do. No. I, I, he's he's made two starts at Frisco with a six-and-a-half ERA. So the second start went poorly? The second start did not go good. Okay. Um, well, that, it, that depends. You know, that was the deal. His first start was very good. Yeah, I, I, I uh, the second, if the, you know, if he's not pitching well there, then no, there's no reason to bring him up. He's also <clears throat> last year he also pitched a total of 89 innings. This year he's already up to 114. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he gets through the August with maybe two more starts. He gets to about 125, um, and he's made a 30 inning jump from last year. That's good because he, you can't rush this stuff. Oh yeah, sure you can. No, you can't. Yeah, yeah. Because if you there. if you do, all you do, all you do is impede their their progress. I think. Um, I, I I I when they brought when they acquired Taylor Hearn, I thought it was with the idea that there was no way he'd pitch in the big leagues this year. Uh, I just think it would be, I think it would be rushing just for the sake of rushing. 
He had nice numbers in Altoona in 19 starts. That's in the Eastern League. Now he's pitching in the heat in Frisco. Let him get acclimated to this organization. Let him get acclimated to the way things are doing. Even if you wanted to call him up, um, because you're going to have to put him on the roster, even if you wanted to call him up just to hang out and not pitch, okay, I'd do that just so he can get a feel for what the big league process is up here. But I don't think you need to expose him to big league hitters at this point. I don't think – I wouldn't have a problem with it if he runs off three or four good starts. Uh, you know, if, if, if obviously I, I, you know, I did not see the numbers from his second start. Obviously, they must have been very poor. His next start, and his next start is Saturday, yeah, which is the eighteenth, and I assume he'll have one more start uh, for Frisco before the end of the month. So, like I say, two more starts. I just think I, I don't think there's any reason to push him past 125 innings or so this year. I could see him uh, give him a little work out of the bullpen. For what purpose, Kevin? Just to see how he handles it. I, 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 I don't think you're doing him any favors in that regard. Here's what I think about about uh, young pitchers. I don't. I it, want these guys finished off before they come to the big. They're leagues. not finished off. None of them are finished off. As we can see with pitchers, that's the whole problem. There is no rhyme or reason to them. And certainly, you don't want to abuse them, but. I, I, it just doesn't seem to me that there is anything about these guys. I remember back in the 80s when they had all those young prospects and they all got hurt. And it was just, it, it was just, it's always one thing or, an, or another about, about all young pitching is that, you know, uh, Doug Melvin's plan was that, yeah, they all get so many innings at each level every year and it all sounded really great and nothing came of it. No, there's no, there's no absolute. So, uh, you know, there, there's there, you you just don't know how guys are going to react, uh, and and no, there's no reason. Yeah, I agree. There's no reason to rush these guys, and if and if Taylor's not doing well, in the, at the Frisco, no, there's no reason to bring him up. Uh, no question about it. I was just saying that when he when he was having a really good year for Altoona, and if if he was going to continue that here, and if he looked like he was on a fast track, and he's going to be 24, you know, he's not a he's not 20. You know, uh, then then maybe it's time to take a look at him. Uh, especially, my point is is that in this season, this team has not found out anything about its young starting pitching. Nothing. And and that of, of all the other things that were good, what we've seen in the field, they've learned a lot. Uh, you know, and I, I'm, the only thing you haven't really learned is that are they going to keep Delano or not? And what's the deal with Joey Gallo? Is he ever going to be more than this? And he and he's kind of starting to claw his way up a little bit. I'd be really, you know, I I know that they've got guys uh, that they can um, they can bring up. They got prospects in the outfield. You know, they got lots of them. Of course, they're not here, and you don't really know what they're going to do. I just I just uh, had gotten where I really liked Delino's uh, approach and and everything, but he's just really regressed from an offensive standpoint. So, what are you going to do? And speaking of what we're going to do, Evan, I'm sorry we couldn't get to your uh, your little side trip to Arizona because we got to get David Moore in here, and then because we're going to talk about the Cowboys, and then we also have our our good buddy Tim Brando coming in to talk about colleges and about the college football season. That'll be fine. And uh, we, we can we can talk about your uh, side trip next week. We don't have to talk about anything at all, Kevin. Oh my gosh, Evan's got his dauber down now. He's going to be mad because of this. Don't don't be mad, Evan. Look at him. Look at him. Oh, my gosh. This is so sad. He's all doe-eyed <laughs> and doe-bellied as well. I'm not I'm not upset at all. No, no, no. 
So uh, that's going to do it for our Rangers podcast today. Thanks, everybody, for coming and listening. We appreciate it. We're going to, as noted, we're going to also have a, a Cowboys podcast uh, where David Moore is visiting from uh, lovely Oxnard, California. And then we'll have the, the great Tim Brando on to discuss a little bit of the college football picture in general and, and hope we can coax some opinions out of, of Tim, who's so reluctant to speak his mind. So from everybody in here to everybody out there, thanks. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see you.